This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. When we were nomadic or tribal, we just started agriculture. When we would find a tree full of apples or we'd find an animal, we'd get a hit of dopamine because it was our survival. Yeah. You need to know that finding that tree was good. Well, we haven't changed out of that. So when you go to Target, you still get that same hit of dopamine oh, yeah. as if you killed a woolly mammoth, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> walk down the dollar aisle. Every time. Let's take a breath. <sighs> hey guys, I'm Cindy Litwackel and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you're doing amazing. It is honestly the best time of year. It can be stressful right now. And I know we have a lot going on as we move towards the end of 2022. So I'm just happy that you are here with me and that you're taking some time out of your week with me. It is an honor and I truly appreciate you being here. Today we have a really incredible guest on and I say that about everyone, but I feel like I really connected with her She is so relatable. She's helpful. And we really went all over the map in this conversation. So we have Tracy McCubbin on. She is a celebrity decluttering expert. She's also an author. Her book is Make Space for Happiness, How to Stop Attracting Clutter and Start Magnetizing the Life That You Want. I've read the book. I talked with her. I just think that she is so incredible and she has so much to share, which is obviously what we're all about here. But I found it fascinating kind of the psychology and emotions that are behind cluttering. I mean, we've all fallen victim to cluttering at some point in our lives. We get busy, especially around times of year like this. That kind of gets pushed off the to-do list and left for a less busy time. But then those things start to add up and become overwhelming. You do realize this, but a lot of times it's subconscious that that clutter or the things that you're holding on to tend to clutter your mind and your energy and that flow that you want to feel in your home. So we're going to break down a lot of that today, like what could be causing the reasons why you're cluttering, the reasons why people hoard, why it can get really bad, and a lot of the emotions that are around the process of cluttering and what it can open up for you if you declutter, if you create these systems in your home, which Tracy's going to talk us through to help you release whatever that thing might be. We talk through a lot of different scenarios. Things like grief can cause clutter, things like stress or fear or a lot of different blocks that she breaks down in her book and also on this episode. It's eye-opening. We all have our own version of this. Some of us are more organized than others, but I always think that there is more to learn about it. And there, it's interesting when you kind of lift open the cover of us and figure out what's going on underneath, it allows it to really make sense. And it allows that process of decluttering and organizing to be more understandable. I think when you get into that deeper level, understand why you might be doing things or why you might have a hard time letting go of clothes or souvenirs or things that you've collected, it makes more sense and it allows you to 
give yourself that grace and that love for understanding why you were holding on to these things so much. I think it allows for that letting go process to be easier and allows you to get to the other side of clutter and and a stressful, unorganized house. So Tracy's awesome. We're going to talk through how you can declutter your home, how to look at your home and understand what might be going on, how to create flow in your house how to declutter your home in little five minute intervals, tons of fun stuff. And then also some of the emotions and other things that might be going on that can help you understand yourself and the people around you and apply her method and what she does to your own life and your home. It's the perfect time of year to think about cluttering, especially with the holidays coming out and us buying all this stuff and decorations and everything that's going on right now, which I love, obviously, but just some food for thought, something to support you during this season of our lives. So if you know someone who might be overwhelmed, who's going through a transition, who has no idea how to organize their home, definitely send this episode to them. It's a great one to listen to while you're heading to relatives and going into that holiday season. Put it on while you're decorating. Have it stack your life with listening to this episode while maybe decluttering your home. I think you're going to love this one. My something to share. I'm going to keep it simple today. I know, again, like this time of year is crazy. We're shopping for gifts and holiday stuff and we're traveling to relatives and in-laws and all of that. So while we have this like really small window right before Thanksgiving, right before Christmas starts to roll out, try to figure out what you can do for yourself during these next couple of months to have some sort of a practice that's going to calm you and bring you back from all the craziest that this season just has. I mean, there's parties, there's shopping, there's get togethers, there's everything you can think of right now. Just find like a little, I don't know, grounding process or like a breath that you're going to take before going into hanging out with your in-laws that you don't get along with. Just anything that you can do just to kind of center yourself and consciously be a little bit more calm during this season is definitely helpful. I mean, every time I, I listen to my own intro, I take that breath like hopefully you guys all do with me and I automatically just feel more centered and I can feel that release of just whatever I was holding on to right before I took the breath. So just find those little moments if you can just schedule them in for yourself or just consciously think, okay, I'm going to make sure I do this meditation or I take a walk right before I go do this stressful thing of shopping or going to a dinner with family, like any of the things that can be somewhat stressful yet exciting during this time of year. So just find those for yourself. And I hope you really enjoy your holiday season and happy holidays. Please enjoy this episode with Tracy, guys. Like I said, you'll love it. She is incredible. I immediately connected with her and I think you will all love her as well. I will link her book and everything that she has below. Go check out her five minute reorganizing things, everything that she has. You can just go to the show notes. All the links will be there. And if you share us on social media, please tag both of us so we can repost you. And as always, you know, if you want to write a five-star review to help me close out this year on a high note, I would love that. Thank you for listening. Without further ado, guys, here is Tracy McCubbin. We just dive right in. Um, We were bonding before this over all the wedding planning that we're both doing, which is one of my favorite topics. But I have a lot to talk about you and all of the things that you do today, because I know that your space is all around organization, but also the deeper level of that, which I haven't really heard of before reading your book. So I'm really excited to ask you so many things. But first, how are you? (laughs) 
I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. I'm super, super excited. I love, um, I love the sentiment behind your podcast, something to share, because I believe that we all, you know, we all bring our own light and our own magic. So we all have something to share. I agree. Thank you. Yeah. And I always find the longer that I get to talk with people and the more people I talk to, people are fascinating and you get to dive into all different facets of where people come from, no matter what their background is. It's just so interesting to have these conversations. So before we jump into ours, I have two questions for you. The first one is to share an object. So you can physically have it or not. Um, looks like you do. It's either from your nightstand surprising or with an interesting backstory. So what is this little pig figurine that we're looking at? So this is a piggy bank from the 60s that wow. my mom always had in her bedroom. It's like this cobalt blue. And when I was little, it was like so magical. I'd never seen anything like it. And it was glass and it doesn't have a stopper. So mm -hmm. you have to break it. And so my mom never put money in it. When she downsized her house, it was one of the only things I took. And I have a little bit of a compulsion to pick up lucky pennies that are uh, heads up. Mm -hmm. So I have for years now been filling it with my lucky pennies. And it's, oh. it's, it's to sort of either sits on my desk, I move it around sometimes. And it's just a little, sometimes my penny picking up compulsion can get a little out of control. So I just know that I'm putting it here and it's safe. So yeah. it's that a little object. Plus I, it's pretty and I love it. I love that. Yeah. And it's, I, I love that it's a, an organized collection thing. Cause I know you've talked about like how we like to collect things and that's not always the best, but that seems like a very healthy way of doing it where it stays in this little compact thing. And I like to imagine that all of the, the pennies, when you put them in there, are all heads up. That's what I would like. Yep. To, they're all just laying. Yeah, you, yes. That they're in there and they're all heads up. Exactly. Well, I think it's, you know, it's interesting because I talk as we'll dive into about the stuff in our house and why we buy. And, you know, I, my overreaching view is that our home and the stuff in it is a tool, right? It's a tool to support us. It's a bed to sit on, to sleep on. It's a couch to sit on. But then there are some things in our house that we just love. Mm -hmm. We just love and they make us happy. So I just want to make sure that when people are starting their decluttering journey or having this conversation that they also know that there should just be some objects in your house that you love and fill you with happiness. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. so I think there's this sort of right now, like minimalism and you got to get rid of everything. And I'm like, you should just have some things that you love. I like that. I feel like when you were, if I were to have you enter my house, I would be stressed about the fact that you would want to get rid of everything and that we'd have to strip everything away and I'd have to throw everything out. But it seems like you have a very, a much nicer approach to the reorganizing. This is what I tell people. Your home has to work for you. So if you have five kids, you're going to have a very different home than my partner and I with his daughter, mm -hmm. right? Like it's just, so your home has to work for you. And if you find that, this your stuff is getting in the way of your home working that's when clutter becomes a problem so for example if your kitchen counter is covered with all these gadgets and you know 80 million appliances and you can't like the drawers are all full and you don't want it doesn't make you even want to cook mm -hmm. you're going to order out which we know is not as healthy for us so your stuff is getting in the way of eating a healthy meal if your closet is full of clothes that you hate or don't fit into anymore or haven't worn in years, you're going to open your closet and you're going to feel bad. Yeah. So that 
that's the that's the litmus test for what's cluttered. That's mm. what's really important for people to understand that it's not like you should only have 30 books and you should only have five pairs of shoes. It's about is your home working for you? Mm. Fascinating. Okay. One more question before we move on. Anything that's on your heart or mind lately? Yes. We are heading into holiday season, Mm -hmm. which is prime shopping time. And I really want people, look, we have inflation right now. Housing market's changing. Things have been really tough for the last couple of years. I don't want people to put themselves in financial distress to buy gifts for other people. Yeah. I, I love the tradition of gift giving and I and I appreciate it and I understand, but if you are going through something where it's financially challenging, like don't buy other people's gifts on a credit card you can't pay off. I mm. I, I just I think as we're heading into this time and stuff so expensive that maybe we can rethink gift giving. So that is my, Mm. that is on my mind right now. Yeah, that's a perfect timing for that message because yes, it is very scary right now and things just keep seeming to get worse and worse. And there is that pressure of wanting to show your affection for people through gift giving. And yes, that is nice and it's a great sentiment. But then I also think about a lot of the gifts that I've gotten in the past or I've given. I'm like, I can't even remember what they were like a year later. So does it actually matter that much or is it just like, it feels like transactional. It feels like that's what we're supposed to do. So I, I, I want to think about for myself, even like ways where we can rethink gift giving where it's like maybe an experience we do together, or if it's something like that, or if something we make, or I don't know. Well, and also think about too, Sydney, like we've missed connecting with our humans, mm-hmm. with our tribe for the last couple of years. My best friend doesn't want another sweater. She has plenty of sweaters. You know what she'd love and I would love? To go to Palm Springs for a weekend, just the two of us. Yeah. Like, like, can we use this holiday season to reconnect with everybody without it being about the stuff? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're planning a wedding. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're like, do we need all this? What do we register for? What do we really need? Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. I feel for all of us. <laughs> I want to break into the clutter of it all. And I found it fascinating when you broke down the reasoning behind why we hold on to so many things. And it's very nuanced for each type of person or what your things are. So I would love for you to break down why it is that we hold on to things, why it is that clutter is so common for probably a lot of people. Like what is that and what is causing that? So I've been a professional organizer and declutterer for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I have a staff of 11. I I did the math. I think I have like 40,000 hours of decluttering under my belt. Um, and then added to that, I'm the child of a hoarder. My dad is an extreme, has extreme hoarding disorder. So I have spent my whole life watching the hold that stuff has on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started decluttering and organizing, it just came naturally. And I was like, oh, this is great. But I soon realized that something was missing in the conversation because everyone was like, oh, well, make your pantry, you know, perfectly labeled and rainbow colored bookshelves. And look, all that looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. But if you're not looking at the root, which is our emotional attachment to our stuff and what we think that stuff is going to fix inside of us, 
you can organize all you want. So after working with clients for so many years, I saw that there were these universal stories that we all tell ourselves, universal stories about why we can't let go and universal stories about why we shop. And I just like played it out and realized, oh, this is real and started speaking on it and started Mm -hmm. talking about it, started posting about it. And everybody was like, this is me. This is me. This is on me. How do you see me? (laughs) Um, And so I wanted people to understand that clutter, it's not all our fault, if that makes sense. Like we're being marketed to 24 hours a day. We're being told shop, shop, shop. We're being told like, like you're just one eye cream away from freezing in time. You know, you're one designer purse from feeling good about yourself. And it's not working. Mm -hmm. It's not working. We're miserable and we're having a hard time and we feel disconnected. And so what I want to flip the script on is that those needs that are inside of us get met somewhere else. And then the shopping and the buying is just a little plus. Mm -hmm. It's not the root of it. You know, there's such this language around retail therapy and I'm a shopaholic and it's not working. It's just, it's not, people are not happier with more stuff. Yeah, it's very true. And we've all been there. We're like, okay, well, I'm going to treat myself today. I'm going to add some things to my shopping cart. We're going to check out and I'm going to feel better. But then the thing arrives and you're like, excited in the moment you put it on you wear for the day and then like the next day you're like I still feel not good it's still this is a super interesting and I do a really deep dive in the book make space for happiness we are designed biologically to still be hunters and gatherers right so when we go out like when we were nomadic or tribal we would you know and we just started agriculture when we would find a tree full of apples or we'd find an animal, we'd get a hit of dopamine because it was our survival. Yeah. You need to know that finding that tree was good. Well, we haven't changed out of that. So when you go to Target, you still get that same hit of dopamine oh, yeah. as if you killed a woolly mammoth, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> walk down the dollar aisle. Every time. So, yeah, exactly. That dopamine doesn't last for very long. So exactly what you talked about is that you buy a blouse and you feel good and you maybe even feel good when you wear it, but then the next day it's just something on your hanger. Uh-huh. So that true fulfillment, to use a really big word, that we're looking for is never going to come from the stuff. You're never going to be able to shop your way into happiness. Yeah. I think uh, the sign of that is like watching all these reality shows with celebrities or people with all of this money and they still have all of the same problems that maybe there's like a little different because of the bigger money problems. But yeah, you just still see the same through lines, even though they have all of the things that anyone could ever want and all of the money and all of that. But there's still some things that make them unhappy or they still suffer from anxiety or whatever they're things are because they're looking outside themselves and they look they're still their their parents are still aging their kids are still dealing with stuff there's still somebody's getting cancer like it's the stuff doesn't protect you it's not like it builds this wall around you and you rise up and I think that when you understand that Mm -hmm. and when you approach consuming with like a healthy attitude all of a sudden the grip it has on you goes away you know, all of a sudden you're just not like, I need to get a new lipstick. That'll fix everything. I mean, we've all been there, yeah. right? <laughs> and you won't stop until you find what you think it is. Yeah. Right. And then you're like, oh, it's just a lipstick. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. I feel cute for a minute. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and, and I will, again, to go back, because we're both in this space, like you look at as we're getting ready for these weddings, I don't know if your experience is, I'm trying very hard to not 
like attached to the dress. Like I want something beautiful, of course. Mm-hmm. And I want something I feel fantastic in, but there's a lot of, there's, I just don't think there's the perfect dress. Mm-hmm. Cause I think if you set yourself up for that, you're gonna, I mean, look, my fiance is going to be wearing a decluttered Prada tuxedo. Mm-hmm. A client got rid of it. Love. It fits it perfectly. <laughs> we just have to ham it. We were both like, is this happening? Like, are you actually wearing a decluttered Prada tuxedo? That's amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> it's amazing. It looks fantastic uh, on him. Like fantastic. And all of a sudden we're like, well, that's, you know, as you're spending, you're like, well, that's money we just saved on the wedding. Yeah. So. Every little bit counts. <laughs> Every little bit. And also Sydney, he looks great Mm -hmm. in it. Like he looks great in it. So I think that when we foist all our hopes and dreams on stuff, Mm -hmm. it's going to disappoint us. Yeah, that's very, very true. And I, I, one other thing that I've noticed with even just social media, but especially with the wedding industry, there's always more things that you could buy. There's always more and more and more that you can add to your wedding or there's all these cute trends and things. And at one point during this process, I had to step back and be like, you don't need all of these things on this one day. Like those are great. They're beautiful. They're amazing that people can accomplish this, but you have to be realistic. Like this is one day out of your life. You guys have this much money. Like we can't like add all of these things and have this like social media product of a wedding and it's not going to work. So we just got to be realistic and less is more a lot of the times. And remember what is actually about, it's about us getting married. It's not about like the social media. It's videos. not about exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then it's also, it's about you standing in front of the people that you love mm-hmm. and saying, we're about to go on this journey. Will you support us? I talk about this in the book, but you know, at the end, it's like, at the end of the day, the wedding's just a party that happened in the past. Mm-hmm, it's true. It's a party. And it's going to be lovely. And I'm so excited. But I was funny. I, and I'm sure you're going through all this. But we're having ours at a restaurant. So it's a beautiful restaurant in Santa Monica. And it's so everything is one place mm-hmm. in one place. And the woman was like, well, you know, if you want to pick your napkin colors and your plate colors. And I was like, do you have nice white plates? Do you have nice white napkins? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, great. Great. I don't care. Cheaper. I don't care about. Yeah. Like I care about the flowers. Mm -hmm. I care about the food. I care about the DJ. Mm -hmm. Like plates. Okay. Like it's not going to make or break it. And it's, it's about for us, it's about standing in front of our community and saying, we're going on this journey. Mm -hmm. Please come with us. That's so beautiful. Let's get back to the decluttering. And I have a question on this. I'm curious that when you have found the things or the causes or the root cause of why people hold on to things. And I know it is different for everyone. Once you pinpoint that, is it a matter of like fixing that first and then you can declutter or is it the decluttering happens and then you can fix that in the meantime? Like, How does that work? That's such a great question. I think the steps most of the time are a realization and they usually actually, Sydney, happen when people are in the decluttering process. Like you can kind of think about it theoretically, but when you are doing it is when it comes up. Perfect example, clothes that don't fit anymore. I'm Mm -hmm. 57. I'm the same weight that I have been for 10 years. And the same, like my doctor was like, nope. I was like, I've gained so much weight. She's like, nope, literally look Mm -hmm. at the numbers. I realized (laughs) 57, my body's changed. Gravity's hit. Things are different. I'm not going to fit into stuff that I used to. So Mm -hmm. in that, in that process, I had to step into acceptance and joy and be like, I'm in this place in my life. I love it. There's so much amazing about being 57 
it's fantastic. And okay, I can't wear that skirt anymore. All right. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm here. I made it 57 years. Mm-hmm. Go with a mini skirt. So I think that the that the realization and the healing comes in the process. That's true. I've noticed when I've moved out of apartments before, like gone through a reorganizing, right when that like joy, what is it? What is her name? Spark Joy. Marie Kondo. It was like the Marie Kondo time. And I found myself like crying over a shirt and just like breaking down. And you're like, am I actually okay? Like what's happening here? But there is this like shedding that happens. And it's so funny how clothes and things can physically hold on to that energy. And yeah, it is a, it's a process. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I, healing. And I think that, you know, I think that we, we really need to understand that, that exactly that life is a process, right? That things change. Like you were here then and you did that then. And, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes when we keep a lot of stuff from our past, and I see this all the time, this is a big one that we talk about, I talk about with clients. I think if you have a lot of stuff from the past, you're keeping yourself stuck. You're telling Mm -hmm. yourself that your best days are behind you. I mean, the, you know, the cliche example of that is like the guy who was the high school football star who still wears his letterman jacket at 40, where you're like, yeah, (laughs) okay. But what are you doing today to be a better person? What are you doing Mm -hmm. today to have the best life that you can be? What are you doing today? It doesn't kind of doesn't matter what you did in the past. I mean, it forms you and it makes your personality, but also every day is a chance to be a better person, right? Mm -hmm. Every day you have a chance to help somebody else feel better about yourself. So if you're keeping yourself stuck in the past, I'm also looking at a lot of parents who keep stuff about when their kids were little, like the messaging around that is that your best days are behind you. And I want you looking forward. Mm -hmm. That is so true. And I also think about the people that are super sentimental or a lot of us are. And I think what's really hard, I know you had that story in the book of the woman who was holding on to a storage unit that's her mother's old stuff after she had passed was in and it was affecting their marriage because it was costing her all this money to keep all this stuff in this storage unit. She thought it was valuable and it ended up not being valuable. And there was this thing that she had to go through in order to let go of it. Like, how do you work with people? Because I think that's probably the hardest things. Maybe there's like a death in the family and you're holding on to these items or it's like a sentimental thing from the past that you want to keep a hold of, which is fine. But when it becomes like a hoarding amount of things. Like how do we go about that? And what is okay to keep? What's okay to like let go of? Oh, it's such a great question. So the first thing to understand is that when you have a lot of stuff from someone who's not in your life anymore, either estrangement or death, you know, there's trauma around that, right? Mm -hmm. When you're keeping the stuff, you're not, you don't want the stuff. What you want is to keep the connection to that person. Yeah. So uh, I famously stole this from Dr. Phil, but uh, Love the, amount, <laughs> the amount of stuff that you keep from someone who's passed away in no way reflects how much you love them. I love mm-hmm. my grandmother with all my heart. I have like two things of hers. One is her wedding ring that I wear every day. And there's a one or two other little things sprinkled around here, but I don't, I look at her ring every day and I'm filled with love. So I think that when you keep a lot of someone, especially if you had a traumatic relationship with them, you're not letting yourself grieve. You're not letting yourself heal. You're really keeping yourself stuck. And I think it's the realization that it's about 
the connection. And there may, I see this so much. Sometimes it's so hard to understand that maybe you'll never be able to fix that. Mm-hmm. You know, Oprah says forgiveness is the acceptance that you can't change the events of the past, but you can move forward. And so yeah. maybe it's some forgiveness for yourself, for the other person, for understanding. I had a lovely virtual session with the just unbelievable woman the other day who was trying to declutter and was very, very stuck. And we were talking mm-hmm. it through. And then it like midway through the session, she was like, well, you know, in the last four years, both of my parents have died and both of my brothers. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, okay, you buried the lead. You are grieving. Yeah. Grieving. You are in such grief. Like do not beat yourself up about decluttering right now. Yeah. We talked it through and I was like, what are your priorities? And she's like, well, I want to get the estates closed out. I have four of them to deal with. I'm like, focus on that. Yeah. And I'm like, focus on, you know, like make it that. So understand that when you're carrying that, you know, you're still in the grieving process and Mm -hmm. there's no right way to do it. It's not like somebody's passed and you've got to get their house empty in one month, like different for everybody. But the thing to underscore is if keeping all that stuff is keeping you stuck, Mm -hmm that's when you need to look at it. And how can you maintain that connection without the stuff? I I have a long, long time client who is beloved. Um, I think she's just about to turn 80. She had an amazing husband. It was like a love affair to the end. And Mm -hmm. he passed away, got sick very quick. And because he's been gone about 15 years now, it was very hard. And we cleaned out his garage and there were all these videotapes. He'd like taped shows off of the TV. And she's like, somebody's going to want these. And I was like, nobody's going to want these. She's like, no, they're old Western. Someone's going to want these. I'm like, nobody's going to want these. I was like, I went through the exercise. I made phone calls. She's like, nobody's going to want these. I'm like, no, they go to the recycler. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But she felt like, but that was his pastime and movies were his passion. And I was like, well, is there something you can do to Mm -hmm. honor his memory that is related to that? So the family decided that they were going to fund, basically retake an old, old silent film and restore it. Mm -hmm. So they restored this silent film in his honor. It now plays all over the place. And I'm like, that's so like, People yeah. to able to enjoy his favorite silent film is so much better than a garage full of VHS tapes. That's so true. Right? So is yeah. there something you can do to honor that person and your relationship, even if it was fractured, that's not about the stuff? Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Is there a process that you go through with your clients or that you recommend? Say someone is like, no, I'm just unorganized and I don't have enough time to organize. That's what's happening here. Is there a way that you take your clients into a room and help them figure out maybe what that thing is or what that pinpoint of like what is causing the disorganization? It's a lot about figuring out how somebody's brain works. Do they have ADHD? Do -hmm. they just not have time? Do they just not care? You know, what's the thing? It's about sort of putting systems in. and, And, you know, that word gets thrown around a lot. And when I say systems, I don't mean perfectly labeled bins. I mean your keys live here and this is where you put them. You know, making decisions that where everything in your house has a home and the reason you do that is when you need to find it, you need you know where to go look for it. Mm-hmm. So this is where 
this goes, we put it away. And then when we need it, it's there again. That's really what systems are. It's not a million, you know, $15,000 at the container store. It's about, this is where this lives. We all know we put it away and we can find it. So Mm -hmm. when someone said, and also that, that story about I'm just disorganized. Some people are, some people are just disorganized. Some people (laughs) never learn. Some people don't have that brain that works that way. Mm -hmm. For example, I'm not a gardener. I don't like to garden. I love plants. I love to see them all over my yard. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at it. Like I'm not a gardener. And which is hilarious because both of my parents are master gardeners. They like Mm -hmm. went through the whole course. I have, I hired a gardener. He's lovely. He makes everything look fantastic. My partner waters the plants. Like if you're not good at something, maybe you Mm -hmm. need to delegate. That's okay. This idea that we should be able to do everything and be good at everything is a total misnomer. And it just, especially as women, we're Mm -hmm. really told this, you need to be good at everything. It's like, I'm not, I'm just not. (laughs) So if organizing doesn't come naturally to you, um, that's okay. And you can, it's a, something you can change on my Instagram page. I do these five minute decluttering challenges mm-hmm. and they have blown up. Like blo- people love them. And every day I get a DM, like I've been doing your five minute challenges and all of a sudden I've done my whole house. I've wow. never been able to do my house, but you broke it off into bite-sized chunks. And every day I do baseball caps or coffee mugs or mason jars. And all of a sudden I've done my whole house. So understand that if it doesn't come naturally to you, change the system, change the way you do it. Don't try and do your whole house, do a little chunk. Mm-hmm. You can change. We can change our behaviors. Yeah. I love that five minute thing because sometimes what what happens with organizing, it just becomes overwhelming and you're like, okay, when I have a whole day to do it or when I have everything is in the right place where I can actually ex- bring everything out of the closet and reorganize it. Sometimes it's just like you that day is never going to come and we got to no. take it section by section. <laughs> Look, I tell people this all the time. Very few people wake up in the morning and be like, yay, I'm going to declutter today. I do, but yeah. that's my thing, you know, but. <laughs> If you don't, then make a date with yourself. Look, look, I don't, I love to work out when I'm working out, Mm -hmm. but I don't like to go do it. So (laughs) I make a date. It's in my calendar. It's like, this is when you go. I schedule it in. I schedule it in weeks in advance so that I know and I go and do it. It's the same with decluttering. You may need to make a decluttering date with yourself. found with decluttering is that I I get in the mode I do it I organize the fridge but then I don't know if I don't create a good enough system where it kind of falls out of the the bins or it just doesn't really fully make sense so that's what happens to me where like I, I'm on it it looks great and for like a month or so and then it kind of all goes to shit pretty quick after that so I'm, I'm understanding the system two things with that I think mm-hmm. one if it's not holding up it may be too complicated of a system. Sometimes I see that. Like people mm-hmm. are like, I'm going to put my raisins here and I'm going to put my cranberries here. And I'm like, just put all your fruits and nuts in one bin. Like, let's just do that. Yeah. So sometimes it's too fine grade. And also to understand that decluttering and organizing is a regular practice. Mm-hmm. It's like cleaning your house. It's mm-hmm. 
you know, you can't, and, and this is, I'm forever grateful to Marie Kondo. She opened a conversation that paved the way for so much stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, she really got us to look at it, but I also feel like from my experience that her system is a little bit simplified. And one of the things that she talks about is that like, if you do the whole house, then you're done. It's like, well, that's not my experience because mm -hmm. stuff keeps coming in. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Amazon packages arrive and then you're like, what now? <laughs> right. Exactly. So if you understand that it's that a decluttering and organizing practice is a regular thing, then you're not, you're like, oh, right. I need to tidy this up. One thing I tell people, and this is so great to know mm -hmm. that if you can't put a room back together to the way you like it in 20 minutes or less, the stuff has gotten out of hand. Mm. Like you're like, oh, right. 20 minutes or less. I should be able to, you know, put things away and return things to their home. And my living room looks great. If I'm like an hour and a half in, I'm like, oh, I let this get too far. Yeah. <laughs> get yeah. too far. I have a feeling I have a few rooms like that. <laughs> are you of the family of like bringing everything out when you have to do that initial organization? Are you doing like a little bit at a time? Like what is your actual process with that? When I work with a client and I have me and an assistant and there's, you know, a lot of hands on deck, that's my preference is to bring everything out. Mm -hmm. But I think for people who are putting it in practice in their own homes, that's very difficult because what happens yeah. is they bring everything out and then they get overwhelmed and then mm -hmm. everything just sits there. Mm -hmm. So that's why I came up with these like five minutes. Let's just mm -hmm. do this and break it down. Like, look, I, yes, if you can take a week off of work and if you can just declutter, great, but it's a ton of work. It's a ton yeah. of work. So can we break it down? You know, it's like exercise. Maybe you don't have an hour and a half to go run X amount of miles, but can you walk for a half an hour? Can you, mm -hmm. you know, can you build your weights up? Like, you know, think about it that way. So we'd all love to go to the ranch for a week and like hike 15 miles and eat black bean soup and like get in shape in seven days, but yeah. it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have that ability, if you're working full time, raising a family, doing 8 million things you may not have that. So break it down into bite-sized chunks. I would love to hear your method because I know everyone has like, there's the rainbow method. There's the Marie Kondo method. There's like bin method. Like what would be your best advice for someone who's like, I don't fully get organizing. Like I know how to like put things together, but like what's, how do I actually do this? My thing is like with like, it's okay. like, this is your office supplies are here. This is your, this, you know, I think that it doesn't work when things start to get in 10 different places. So mm -hmm. we always start with that. And also how do you use your home? What door do you come in? Where do you drop your purse? How do you come out of the shower in the morning? So where should your, you know, undergarments be where they're easy to get? It's really thinking about how you use your house and then reaching out from there. I love the look of a rainbow bookshelf. It takes forever to put together and it's, yeah. hard, you know, you got to maintain it. And I totally fall down a rabbit hole because I'm like, so does mustard yellow go after bright yellow yeah. <laughs> and then pale yellow? And then where does yeah. brown go? Because brown, yeah. the, you know, if I'm doing Roy G. Bibb, they left black, white and gray out. So where mm -hmm. does that go? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it, if you love doing that, great, but it's also 
it's a lot of upkeep. And is that where you want to be spending your time? And I think that to go back to what you said earlier, this is where social media is not great. Mm -hmm. You know, this is where you're like, well, it should be this. And it's like, you know, I, I say this all the time when people ask me about those perfectly labeled laundry rooms and pantries. And I'm like, <laughs> absolutely, you can do it. Mm-hmm. I do it all the time. But you need to understand that it's a huge investment of time and a huge investment of money mm-hmm. to get it started. And then you have to maintain it on top of everything else you're doing in your life. You have to stop and refill the granola and refill the yeah. laundry bag. If, you, if that makes you feel good, yourself out. I don't do it. It's not how yeah. I my time. I think with me, what happens with that is I buy those things and then they become a, another like thing I'm hoarding. Like I don't fully execute it. And then it's just like more crap that I've collected. And like my intention was there. I thought I was going to do it and then it just didn't happen. So then having to let go of that like organization system that didn't work. And I think it's really because we're not approaching it to understanding how our brains work and how we use our space. Mm -hmm. Like we got to think about that. This is one of my favorite examples. And the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, that's weird. But you know, when I'm helping parents kitchens and doing all that stuff, I had all these moms that were like, oh no, I need to keep a drawer in the kitchen that has hairbrushes and detangler and sunscreen. And I was like, well, that's weird. And then I realized, oh no, you have your kids sitting at the table eating Cheerios. You've got five minutes to actually comb their hair. Yeah. Totally makes sense. (laughs) Totally makes sense. So on theory, you're like, you're not going to have hairbrushes in the kitchen, but in practice, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I think people need to do a dive about how they use their house and not aspiring to some flat picture on Instagram. Yeah. A thing that's also kind of difficult to do, especially nowadays, is organizing time. And that's something I fall into where I'm like, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this today. But I always like get lost around noon and something goes wrong. Like, yeah, any advice for like the whole time organization thing if you feel like overwhelmed in that world? So two things with time. And I learned this from a business coach. One, we are completely over-optimistic about how much we can get done in one day, like over-optimistic. And we also do not, when we plan our time, we don't plan in the breakdowns. So we're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to go to the post office and I'm going to do this and I'm going to work out. And then I'm going to spend six hours, four hours. Doing, and then all of a sudden you get a phone call that totally derails your day. Yeah. And so if you understand that breakdowns are going to happen And you have to take that phone call in the middle and that may lead you to something else. That's okay. So structure your day so that these are the things that have to get done. Mm -hmm. These are the things that are okay if something happens. And then if you know that the breakdown's coming, and I mean that positively, the phone call from someone that you thought would take five minutes and it was 45 or, you know, Instagram isn't uploading. So all of a sudden you're like, okay, I got to do this. Yeah. You understand the breakdown that happens and build in for it. Like give yourself an extra, I mean, I do this all the time. I'll, I'll schedule my day like a domino, right? Like they just fall. And then if one goes off the whole day and I'm like, no, 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 you need to put an hour buffer because somebody's going to be running late and somebody's going to be doing that. And I think we're overly optimistic about how many hours are in the day Mm -hmm. and how much we can actually get done. 
Yeah, that's very valid. And I think that a lot of people, myself included, there's that shoulding of like, I should be able to get all this done. I should be able to do all of this. And if I don't do all these things on this list, then I'm a failure. It sounds like just giving yourself some grace within the systems and within the schedule that things are going to happen, things are going to come up and it's not going to be perfect. And I think you just brought up such a great terminology because I hear this with my clients all the time. Like the idea of like, if I don't get all this done, I'm a failure. It's like, Mm -hmm. if I don't get all, if I don't get my house organized, I'm lazy or I'm a terrible housekeeper. It's like, no, 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 no. Like if you didn't get 18 errands done in one day, you are not a failure. You are Mm -hmm. a human, right? (laughs) And if organizing and decluttering doesn't come naturally to you, you are a human Mm -hmm. who lives on planet earth And this is what happens. And we're so hard on ourselves. Like we're so hard on ourselves. And what I want to flip the script on is that I want decluttering and organizing, even when it comes to time or email inboxes, digital organizing. (laughs) I know. Bring those up. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, It's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's a process. And so this is... This is great. And this is something that the listeners can walk away with today is that the first step in your decluttering and organizing journey, the very first step is why, why do you want to get organized and declutter? Mm. And your why can't be negative. It can't be like, well, cause I'm, I'm lazy. No, that's (laughs) not a why that's a beating yourself up. Mm -hmm. It's I want to get my house in a place that I'm proud of so that I can host Thanksgiving dinner. I want to clean out the guest room so that I can have my grandma come and stay. You you know, I want, I just want peace. I just want less stuff. So I feel calmer. Like if you pick a positive why that's going to keep you motivated. It's Mm -hmm. never about beating yourself up because that does, that's not sustainable. It's just not sustainable. I love that because then if things start to falter, you can go back to that why and remind yourself of like why you started in the first place. That's really, really great advice. Yeah. I got a DM from this woman who worked really hard, did her whole house and it was pretty cluttered. And she was like, I just haven't, you know, I'm just, I'm a failure at this whole thing. I just haven't done the basement yet. And I was like, okay, you did your whole house. Like you mm-hmm. made a big change. Like, why don't you sit in your success? Enjoy that. And the other thing that happens when you sit in your success, when you enjoy how decluttering and organizing makes you feel, that's what's going to motivate you to the next area. You're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, my closet feels fantastic. Now I want to tackle my bathroom. You know, instead of like, oh, you should do this. We just were so hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're so hard on ourselves and just doesn't work. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work. The world's hard enough on us without us adding to it. Yeah. Without the inner dialogue ruining our day. Exactly. Um, I have a couple more questions. I love the way that, yes, it's a process of decluttering and getting rid of items and organizing them, but there's all this stuff that opens up, especially with your process of like understanding why we're cluttering, why we're holding on to things. Like what have you noticed or seen from your clients that it's kind of like opened up after them going through this process? So I don't know if that's like something inspirational that people can like see and see like that's at the other end of this like mess or anything like that. I can't tell you the things that have come. People have finally gotten pregnant. People have met their partners. People have been free to travel. People have been able to take job opportunities because they're like, oh, my house is decluttered. I got offered this amazing job. 
I can actually pack and move, you know, mm-hmm. that the, the benefits outweigh and also just the stress, like it yeah. just, you know, the science is there. Like mm-hmm. you can't argue with this. The science has shown that clutter is stressful, especially for women. They've done so many studies and women in a cluttered house jacks our cortisol, which we know mm-hmm. is terrible. We know we are living in fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So just to lower your stress, I, I say this a lot, but if you think of clutter as a constant to-do list, mm-hmm. if you live in a cluttered home and you walk in, you're like, oh, I got to clean that closet out. I got to do, I got to, you know, you're forever having this thing that you have to do. I want to get that done. But if you declutter, if your house is more organized in the systems that work for you, all of a sudden you're not thinking about that anymore. I don't have to clean out my garage before winter so I can park my car in it. It's like, I can just park my car in my garage. Yeah. It opens up a lot. I I think when you go into it, it's like conceptually, it doesn't seem like it would open up like all those things that you listed, but it makes sense because we're holding on to things or when we feel blocked or when we're like the cortisol is raised like that. It's really hard for other things to come in because there's no space for them. So I, there's I no love that. space. And yeah. I mean, the tagline for my company is literally make space for what matters. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I say, like what matters to you. And if your house is full of stuff, you're not going to have room for it. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. The opportunities aren't going to come because yeah. you're because you're looking over here, you're looking at your clutter and thinking, I have to deal with it. You can't mm-hmm. be present in your own life. I love that. It's so beautiful and so, so true. And that's inspired me too. So I'm going to start. I have some time today. Maybe I'll do a little five minute reorganize do something. A little five minute or yes. you know, don't go, don't go crazy, but just like a little five minute or a little ditty. A little um, ditty. I like it. A little decluttering ditty. We're going to love do that. I love that. (laughs) Um, I think one other question, because I really like this towards the end of your book, was this whole idea of figuring out what your purpose is. And it seems like you are very much in that. And it kind of found you in a way. And you went from a, you were working for like a production film company or like actor. director, yeah. Yeah. And then you came into the space, which I find so fascinating. But I love your system that you had for people to figure out their purpose. Because I think that is like the overarching theme and that sometimes feels overwhelming to people where they're looking for something and they feel like they should be doing something else other than what they're doing right now, but they don't really know how to figure out what that thing is. I would love for you to just talk us through that. Well, in the book, we do like there's a couple exercises and deep dives and Mm -hmm. looking at sort of these four components, like, does it bring you joy? Are you making a difference in the world? Are you making money from it? And then what's sort of more important, like, for example, if you're young and trying to buy your first house, making money is more important in that. And as you grow older, you know, for me, my retired folks, like the money part isn't, but they still want to feel valuable. So if Mm -hmm. you understand that there are sort of these different quadrants that add, and the book does a great job of like laying that out for you. Mm -hmm. And also understanding, I I also really want to say this because this adds to clutter and over shopping. There's this pressure right now that everyone has to have a side hustle and your side hustle has to make you money. Okay, you don't. (laughs) If you have one job, that is plenty. Uh And there are also things that you can do that you just like to do. Like you don't have to open an Etsy store. You don't have to sell the cakes on the side. Like maybe you just like to bake. I saw this sweet, sweet post the other day of this 
neighbor, somebody posted their neighbor, like he's 70 and in the quarantine, he got into baking. And then like every day he bakes something different and delivers it to a different neighbor. He doesn't so shoot adorable. it. He doesn't yeah. post it. Like yeah. he just pumpkin bread for the person down the street. So you don't have to have a side hustle. You can just have something that you enjoy because you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we look for a real purpose, I think we have to go back to kind of why we're humans, right? We're here to be of service to other people. We're here to make connections with kinship with other people. We're, you know, we're here to have gratitude for this life. And when you kind of go back to those simple things, your purpose reveals itself to you. It mm. really does. And and I think this pressure that your real purpose has to make you money. Yeah. You know, sometimes we just do stuff because we love it. Like Mm -hmm. we love to do it. And again, full circle, you know, social media tells us that we've got to, you know, have a side business and do this and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, I don't know where you're getting all those extra hours in a day. Literally, I have the same day you do and I can barely get it all done. And so I think that when we look at our real purpose, we need to look at all the components of it. I love that. And it simplifies something that can be really complicated or really overwhelming, which really goes back to decluttering in a way. It's like decluttering the process of finding your purpose, which is so great. My grandmother lived to be 101. Wow. She was like the cutest thing. And she had been the secretary at her church for a gajillion years. And then kind of when she retired, she started like, by the way, she retired at like 85 like it was some crazy thing but she almost to like the last week of her life they had a little preschool at her church which was like five houses down from her house and she would walk down there twice a week and she would get the sheets that the little kids took their nap on Mm -hmm. and she would wash them and she would hang them on the line and iron them and then like go deliver them back and you know she was like oh they really need me like they need me to do this meanwhile they had a washer and dryer at the church, Yeah, but, you know, and I went to pick her up one day. She left me a note. I went to visit her and she was like, oh, I'm down at the, I'm down, I'm delivering the sheets. And I went down uh-huh. and Sydney, she was like sitting on one of those little chairs reading to all these little oh. preschool students. And I was like, that is her purpose. Like makes you want to cry. <laughs> she's, she's doing something that's of service Mm -hmm. and she's getting something back. Like these little kids who knew if they had grandparents in their life, here was this like magical little Scottish grandma. And I thought that is her purpose. And that Mm -hmm. was something that got her going and she wasn't paid for it and nobody knew about it. And if you're struggling with that, if you're somebody out there struggling, I would say like, maybe take the money part out. Like, mm-hmm. like if I didn't have to get paid for this, what would I do? And is my life maybe that the, I have a job that I get paid for and then I pursue this other thing? Yeah. Or is there a way that I can do what I need to do and make money? You know, it, it, it's just about clarity and just being honest with yourself. That's so beautiful. And I, I'm obsessed with your grandma. <laughs> she sounds Oh my God, so, you would so love special. her. She would love you. She'd be like, I'm going to make you a cup of tea. Let's talk about. <laughs> I love that so much. But yeah, it's that takes, again, the pressure off. It's like, 
it's going to look different for everyone. And if we look to like the ideal social media ideas of what it's supposed to look like, we'll never feel fulfilled. We'll never feel like enough. We'll never feel like we figured it out. We have to like take that pressure off. It's not necessary. And just, you know, in the same way, I, I, I give this example in the book, but I ran into a friend kind of at the end of the pandemic and based on our social media I was like your life is great you're like mm-hmm. blonde kids are skateboarding in Santa Monica and they look fantastic and then when I saw her at Trader Joe's she was like my mom died I'm taking care of an elderly parent and I'm falling apart and I was like oh my god I should have called you but mm-hmm. I didn't know that this was happening right so I think that we those of us who participate in social media need to understand that if you give out that messaging, you may be cutting yourself off from people being able to be there for you. Mm, mm-hmm. So valid. Oh, this was so great. <laughs> I got so much. Do you out need of me this. to come over and help you do letter today? Probably. Should I pop over? <laughs> or just like pop <laughs> me up. Yeah. I think just final question for me would just be like any last like leaving thought or piece of advice when it comes to starting off a decluttering journey or anything you want to leave us with. So let's go back to the first thing is as you walk through your house, what's your why? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to get decluttered? Start there. What's your why? Then come up with a plan to get it done. Understand that you're not going to just wake up and find the time. Schedule it in, figure out how realistically how much time you have. Do you need help? Mm -hmm. Do you need to hire an organizer? Do you need to ask a buddy? Do It's okay to ask for help. But this is my favorite one. And this people can implement today. So one of the things about clutter is we can talk about decluttering all we want, Mm -hmm. But if we don't look at how the clutter is getting into our house, us, we bring it in, we buy it. I don't know how this guy here. It's so weird. (laughs) That's weird. Look, who sent me a present from Amazon? Oh, I did. (laughs) If we don't look at that, decluttering doesn't matter. So the first thing I tell people, the first thing when you're revisiting your acquisition cycle is stop saying I need. I need a new pair of jeans. I need a new pair of leggings. I need a new lipstick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guarantee you, you don't. Like, you don't need your 15th pair of jeans. Just start, just get honest with yourself and say, I want. Mm-hmm. I want a new pair of jeans. Just say, I want. And it changes your relationship and it takes the death grip off, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden you're like, I want a new pair of jeans. If I find them, it'll be great. So that's a language switch that people can put into practice right now. Love it. Yeah. Because when it's like so charged like that, you're like, oh, I bought the jeans. I shouldn't, I don't need them, but I really wanted them. Like it just, yeah. it becomes less charged. And-, and then you understand I want it. And then sometimes the want sort of goes away. Yeah. That's the other thing, True. right? As we get into Black Friday, holiday sales, Stop saying I need and say I want. There you go. And understand that wants are okay, but it will lessen the grip that the shopping has on you. Mm. Oh, this is so great. I loved every part of this. Thank you so much, Tracy. Where can everyone find you, follow you, get your book, all of that stuff? So the book is called Make Space for Happiness, How to Stop Attracting Clutter and Magnetize the Life You Want. It's available everywhere, bookshop.org, Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble. They can find it. Um, my biggest platform is Instagram. Mm-hmm. So come join me. I do these five-minute decluttering challenges that 
I'm telling you, people love that. I can't wait. Start to finish, you can do your whole house. And then TracyMcCubbin.com. I've got a newsletter. You know, we're doing lots of fun stuff over there. So, you know, those are three places that everybody can find me. Thank you so much, Tracy, for your time and for helping all of us. This was amazing. Thank you for having me. That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow, as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime, this podcast, obviously. Send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at Something to Share Podcast on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday.